Welcome, Rinkrats, to Season 3, Episode 25 of the Rink, the-rink.com's Blackhawks Rink, yes, live from the COVID-19 studios in the quarantine bubble. Today is Saturday, October 10th, an unusual time, place and time, I should say. Uh, it's 10, 10, 20. Uh, I'm your host, Jeff Osborne, infamously known on the Twitter machines as Puck and Hostel. Y'all need to take a hit of this, Jeffrey. It'll calm you down. And today, uh, I mean, we might as well get right into it. Uh, it's a trade reaction episode to... Uh, what's going on here with the Blackhawks. We figured might as well, if anyone was home not doing anything, it was a bunch of guys at the rink. So I figured we'd get us all together. And uh, Loser! (laughs) Yeah. And we would get on here and we'll talk a little bit about this. Aaron Goldschmidt got me a little bit earlier for his podcast and he got me wound up with a little bit of a reaction thing going on. So I figured let's, why not just get right into it and get everybody's immediate reaction. So I have Andy Campbell at the top. Um, he, yeah, he uh, he's going to be writing more about the, uh, you know, the uh, Rockford Ice Hogs uh, is coming going forward. But um, he's put out a really good, a lot of really good analysis articles lately. So uh, that's good stuff. And yeah, Sean yeah. Fitzgerald from our staff. Uh, that's going to be, uh, you know, writing more indie fuel stuff coming up and uh, stuff of that sort. You may, you know, you've probably seen him around and I don't know the guy with the long hair at the bottom. He kind of just stumbled in. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but I, I think his name is John Jekyll. And uh, I think you guys all know who he is, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so just, uh, I don't, I don't need to go into my rant right away. Um Andy, how about you start us off with what you think about this thing, this this trade. First of all, the trade is Brandon Saad and um, Dennis Gilbert. Uh, Blackhawks retain $1 million of Brandon Saad, and they get Nikita Zadorov and um, what's it, Lindholm. I forgot his last name, or his first name. But uh, Anton defenseman Lindholm. Anton Lindholm. Yeah, Anton Lindholm back. Um, and Zadorov has already signed a deal. Um an RFA deal. He's going to get the same thing he made last year at, at minimum, but that's what he's going to get is uh, $3.2 million. So what do you think? Yeah. Well, I mean, my original reaction, I mean, I, I've been as unstable as the average Hawk fan, you know, tonight so far, I've been doing a lot of walking around my living room, pacing, stressed out, wondering that's all we got for Brandon Saad. I mean, those are, those are your initial thoughts, right? I mean, that, that is the first thing that comes to mind is you, you picture Brandon Saad and you think about 2013, you think about 2015, you're like, this is one of our guys. This is a cup producing hockey player, period. And mm-hmm. the, the loyalists, if you're a Chicagoan, that's where you're at. You know, the, I mean, the bottom line, Brandon Saad is a very good hockey player. He is. He's a terrific hockey player. Is he a top six guy on a cup contending team right now? You can argue both sides for that. You really can. Did he fall into the right place in the right time with the Chicago Blackhawks in 2013 and 2015 and those cup runs? He probably did. Um, However, big asset, huge asset. You know, I mean, in in a perfect world, I mean, when I envisioned Saad being traded, I thought it was going to be picks, a legit prospect, you know, maybe a first rounder and a legit prospect and maybe a player to be named later or something of that fabric. 
you know, I think, I think most Chicago fans right now are kind of, they're probably scratching their heads because they're Googling Nikita Zadorov and Anton Lindholm. I mean, they're saying, wait, who, who are these guys? You know, wait a minute. Sod's, Sod's one of us, you know, we just moved him and, and, and for, for two guys we don't know of, but then when you backtrack, when you think, you know, when you start to process this, it a little bit and obviously JJ was very helpful with me in this regard as he always is is it's saying okay well well maybe maybe there was value for value here um you know you you lost Olimata you made you made a uh, you made a point to move away from Olimata's salary and just say you know what maybe this isn't the guy that is gonna be here for a while yeah he was their best defenseman during the playoff run that is clear but when you traded him and when you traded his salary, you said, is this part of our future? He's not. Were they very weak on defensemen uh, after that move was made? And then, you know, they decided not to bring back Corey Crawford. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, the, you're looking at the blue line and you're looking at the goaltender. You're going, this is going to be a, a really, really hard year for everybody. Does Zadarov help in that sense? He does. He does. He'll come in and he'll play. Um, and he'll be helpful. Um, but you know, and you, you got him for maybe, you know, one more year and then he's an RFA and then you can decide what to do with him. And you, you know, you kind of have control in that contract in that sense, that might not be a terrible thing. And it's really going to be make or break for a lot of these Blackhawk defensive prospects right now. I mean, we're going to see if these kids can play, especially if, if the goaltending you're saying, we're going to, we're going to roll out with Subban, Dahlia and Lankinen. That those are our guys if that's what you're doing goaltending wise, and you're really, you're really testing to see, you know, if these defensemen can play or not. Um, am I thrilled about the return? No, I'm not. You know I mean? There's a part of me that would, would have wanted to wait to see the Blackhawks absolutely implode in 2021. And then at the trade deadline, all of a sudden it's sod is commanding a, a first rounder plus. And I think that that could have been very realistic. You know, at the same time, I mean, Stan is, it, it, it sounds like, you know, and I don't, I don't know Stan Bowman, obviously, I don't know his brain. I, I wish any of us could know the way his mind works. I mean, it, call me if someone figures that out. Uh, but at the same time, it's clearly cost savings, cost savings, cost savings. And if this impending blow up is going to happen, I don't know, maybe this isn't terrible. You know, it's all speculative right now. We'll see who these guys are when they show up, but it, it's hard. You know, you go through one week and you lose and you lose Crow and you lose Brandon Saad. And I'm as much and Ali Mata. And Ali Mata. But it's it's the Saad and the Crow factor. And I'm as much of a fan <clears throat> as anyone else, you know, who was sitting there and you know in game six in 2015 in the 300 level with my dad and bawling my eyes out, being like, I cannot believe I've just watched them win their third cup. And so when those guys move on, yeah, that hurts. And yep. to have it all to have it all in one week, that's tough. And to not exactly know what the return is, I get yeah. it. Why I get it? Why people feel like they've been robbed right now? Yep. But we gotta I come see. here and find you playing hee haw with the fuck around guy. <laughs> That's pretty much how I feel pretty about much. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Johnny, what do you think? Um. So I, I'm. I'm. You know. Here's this is how how crazy it gets. I'm like I'm like the guy who's being the Stan Bowman apologist here, and I the only thing is I would say about it is I think couple things. One, I think Bowman, and this is not a good thing. I think Bowman is still trying to walk that line of be competitive this year, but also do things for the future. I also think that they're trying to 
they're trying to cut salary and I'm hoping that that is uh, part of uh, that's, that's good. That's leading to other moves that uh, could help this team. Um, but I also think that, you know, somebody on Twitter had a really good comment. I forget who it was, but said that, you know, maybe the Hawks have their own internal salary cap that they're trying to hit, which is lower than the NHL salary cap in terms of making money, knowing that their revenues are down and they're going to be down possibly even more this year. So I'm not, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm not saying it's the right way to run the franchise. I do think that the franchise has become extremely focused on the bottom line and on, um, you know, revenues and costs. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, I feel like that may even be getting in the way of, of the necessary rebuilding moves. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen if they move Saad, you know, get um, get some uh, some some picks and prospects. I've, I've been the guy beating the picks and prospects drum like nobody nobody's business. All that Damn. said, you know, I've heard people say, well, these, these guys can't be part of the rebuild. I don't know. They're 25-year-old defensemen both of whom have some value uh, more so as uh, defensive defensemen, both of whom are very physical. And those are things that have been missing on this defense. So, you know, I don't know if they got everything that they should get for sod, but at the same time, I'm going to say my jury's a little bit out on this deal again. But I think part of the problem is and why they're, they're going for a couple of 25 year old defensemen is they're trying to do things that are going to help them compete this year and make the team better this year. And it could, I mean, if these two guys help suppress shots and less, less pucks go on the back of the net, although with Malcolm Subban, if you're number one, you got another problem, but I don't know. I, I want to see what, I want to see if there's any other moves. I want to see if they could go out maybe and get a, um, you know, a, a young true number one goalie via trade. Um, I still think that's possible. I don't know if they'll pull it off, but, um, I'm just going to say my jury's out on this. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I, if anyone hasn't seen my, uh, my background here, I've got uh, Stan's draft board and it still fits up. Kind of went away there. <laughs> Small puck moving D men, long-term high risk projects, sixth or seventh round goalie that never pans out mid draft, uh, insignificant position moves, bunch of guys that flame out and disappear, uh, resign <laughs> a bunch of former Hawks and trade guys for little or nothing. So he hit the bottom one there, trade guys for little or nothing. He's, he's doing well there. Um, I mean, honestly, sure, Zidorov is, is maybe a replacement for Alimata, okay? Do you save a whole lot of money on it? No, not really. Uh, you get a couple of years off of the end of the deal. And um, for Brandon Saad, I mean, basically you're paying $4.2 million for him because you're retaining a million dollars of Brandon Saad's salary. So you're paying more or just about as much for as you would for Ali Mata. Is he better than Ali Mata? It's debatable. I don't really don't know. I can't say uh, from what Aaron says, and he's here somewhere. I know he's, he's lurking in the background here, but he's probably not going to speak. But from what Aaron says, the one thing he likes to do is he likes to run around and hit people and he, he throws a lot of big hits. So if that's going to, you know, make Blackhawks fans happy, then maybe that's going to make Blackhawks fans happy. But I don't think it, it doesn't make the team any better. Uh, losing Brandon Saad, losing Ali Mata, losing Corey Crawford makes the team considerably worse for next year, so, whether Zidorov or, or comes back, comes here or not. So what are they doing? So my thing, Gate, is so what are they doing? Like, what are we doing? Because you, you walk away from Corey Crawford for three – he got 3.9 million. You walk away from him. So you're considerably – 
worse off in that position. Then you trade Olimata, then you bring in two 25 or a 25 year old defenseman. So like to John's point, are we, are you towing that line still, or are you rebuilding? Because this in between is not going to do anything for him. I'm sorry. Like if you, if you look at how the franchise got to the three cups, they were awful. They got the first pick. They got the third pick. They got high draft picks. That's how you win in professional sports. You need to draft and develop guys. Now I have, I have very little faith in Stan Bowman's ability to trade. I think he, I think he's terrible at trades. There's more losses than there are wins in recent history. He's, he hasn't got value for Brandon Saad the three times he's been involved with him. And then drafting. I was looking at some of his pre prior drafts. Granted, we didn't have high picks, but like uh, 2015, there's no guys in, in the organization that even played a game in, in the, the NHL. Like, yeah. I don't think he has a, I don't think he has the ability to identify talent. So um I'm just confused by the whole thing. Like, well, I, I saw a thing, but today and I, and I retweeted and it's kind of off the beaten path a little bit, but Ryan Hardy, um, the GM of the Chicago, the Chicago Steel. Steel like, yeah. Yeah. He wrote it today and he said something about, you know, how um, you're, you're supposed to be drafting people that you think will develop into NHL players. Right. And it doesn't seem like they're doing that. They're just picking guys who are good, you know, highly ranked in the draft or whatever, but they're not projecting them out. They're not drafting and developing players. They don't no. develop players. If it's not a guy like Kirby Doc, who's legit NHL talent right off the bat, that just basically steps right in the NHL, Brandon Saad, sure, he spent a little bit of time in, in the AHL, and it may have helped him, but that's not really true development. True development would be, you know, a two, maybe two and a half years in Rockford, maybe even longer than that. Uh, development is not, you know, sending Brian Campbell to London to stand behind Adam Boakfast and whisper in his ear all the, all, all the time. That's not development either. Uh, you know, they, they, the, this, the reality of it is that Stan Bowman has never had to do that. So I don't, I don't think he really, he probably doesn't know how, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to be too critical of anybody, but at the same time, I mean, look at the club that he inherited when Talon moved on. I mean, he, he has not had to assess and develop talent. Period. All he had to do was all he had to do was adjust at the fringes of the yeah. roster. That's sign, all he really few, had to do. sign a few free agents and get a supporting cast. I mean, that is pretty much what he had to do to make sure that the team became a winner. Hey, you know, that, steal a point. I want to steal a point that JJ's made. The people that are carrying this team right now are still people that were drafted and developed by Dale Talon. Yep, exactly. Hundred percent. All. all no, I'm Wait, 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 hold on. I just want to say one thing really quick. We're not advocating and saying Dale Town is some great general manager. What he did with the Blackhawks was pretty good. And he developed what he did afterwards or anything since uh, is is not, you know, relevant right now. What it is, is he drafted a a handful of guys and Corey Crawford up until now was one of them as well. Right. That he drafted and developed and brought through the system. Right. And Stan did not. And And those are the guys still carrying this team over a decade later. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, it's identical to Scotty's run when, you know, Detroit was winning cups in the late nineties, where it was, you know, Iserman and Lindstrom were already there, you know, spare parts needed to be added. And that's when guys like Malpe and Draper, you know, and McCarty and those guys were, were kind of just thrown into the mix that were, 
you know, and I, and I also, I also think that's part of Stan's problem too, is he thinks he's going to strike gold with some of those no names where you think of guys like Chris Draper that was picked up for a dollar from the Winnipeg Jets, you know, for, for Detroit. I mean, is that what he was thinking when he, you know, went after Alex Nylander and it's just kind of like, I'm going to find these diamonds in a rough and people will understand, you know, exactly what I'm doing here. You don't have, he doesn't have to be smarter than everybody. He just has to be smart. This has like, to be practical. Yeah. I, I still, I'm still like trading uh, Yoki Haru for Nylander was, was a mis- I think that was more driven on by Jeremy Colleton and Stan Bowman. I, mm-hmm. you, you look at Yoki Haru's, you look at Yoki Haru's time on the ice after Joe Quinville was let go and Jeremy Colleton came in as coach. It was, he, he didn't play. And then he went down to Rockford and they sent him over to the world junior championships. So I think that was driven by Jeremy Colleton. That said, I, I just, I don't understand, like, if there was a clear, if you're going to rebuild, like, tear it all down. Like, if you're going to rebuild, don't bring me defensemen that can help out for the current team. Bring me, like you guys said, picks, draft picks, assets, something that I can, you have a plan you're going to build around. Or you're going to be so bad that you, that you're in the lottery, that you're going, you have a chance, you have the best chance to get the number one pick. Don't don't we're going to play half and half and we're going to try to keep fans in, yeah. engaged because we've got somewhat, we're going to come out and see Kane and Taves. We're going to wear all our Hong Kong classics and go to the United center where we yeah. actually can go there. Like <laughs> it's uh, like oh, nailed it. <laughs> the Hong Kong classics. Yeah, baby. Yeah. I know the you Hong love Kong classics. So I just, I'm just, I'm, I'm still trying to like wrap my, I don't think he's good at evaluating talent. I, I mean, I just, for he's going to reacquire Brandon Sod at some point too. Like, yeah, can, right. we already, can we write that down? Like Kubli's no. going for Brandon Sod or. He, <laughs> so one thing I'll tell you guys, and this is, and Gabe, you may remember this, but um, like, I'm going to say three years ago, maybe four years ago, I uh, reported a rumor the Hawks were, um, we're trying to get, it was part of a bigger deal. Marcus Kruger was going the other way and they wanted to get, but they wanted to get Anton Lindholm back. And so they've had their eyes on him for three or four years. I mean, he's not a guy who's going to like uh, blow anybody away with his offense, although he can pitch in, but he's, um, he is a guy who plays really good defense and um, he can, he can be physical too. Um, and like I said, I mean, listen, just because Dan Bowman falls in love with the player, we, that we know that's no badge of honor, but, um, one thing I will say is they, they've had their eye on this guy for a few years. So, you know, maybe they feel like he's, if he, if they bring him in and they use him the right ways and give him an opportunity that he could really blossom as, as the kind of stay at home, stay at home defender, that they're going to need, because this could very much be about who are the guys who are going to play with Mitchell and play with Boakvist and kind of anchor those guys, Yeah, you know, because Duncan yeah. Keith is not going to be around forever. I can, he may not be around after this season, frankly, and Calvin DeHaan is, is, you know, one more shoulder injury away from being done. And yeah. um, I being think the one arm man from the fugitive. Yeah. Right. I think actually this, this, these deals may be about finding the playing partners for these young puck moving right-hand shooting defensemen that the Hawks have either here or on their way. I, you may have to, you may want to view it that way. Again, I'm not saying it's, it was smart. I'm not, I'm not saying it'll work out. But that could be why they targeted these two guys. Nothing, I says Seabrook, you'll get nothing and like it. 
Yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah, maybe those, those are these are kind of the assets that they need. Uh, defensive defensemen, and that's fine. That's all good and well. But if you're going to give a Brandon side, you need to get more than that. Uh, Brandon Sod is more valuable than that, honestly. And I was telling Aaron this on the on his podcast. Like Brandon Sod, you can move him up and down the lineup. He could play PK. He could play the power play. Uh, he could sit in front of the net. He's faster than 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 you really give him. A lot of people might give oh, yeah. him credit for. He yeah. would blast around the outside of of a yeah. player. You could. He's like a dollar dollar store version of Taylor Hall. That's yeah. the way I looked at him. Like he could do everything and probably some things better than Taylor Hall, but he's not necessarily the scorer Taylor Hall is, you know, right. he's very valuable and he kills penalties too. And you yeah. just got a couple of guys like Zadorov, like that, that, those guys, that guy was expendable to the Colorado. So is Lindholm. Lindholm's been playing a majority of his time in the AHL. Yeah, that's true. Because these guys are just expendable. They're guys that you just give away. They got nothing, nothing. And they ate salary, they're eating salary on it on top of it. Like he's doing everyone favors. No one's doing him favors, but he's doing everyone else favors. So I, I just, you know, by, by accepting Brad Morrison for Ali Mata, that was doing the, doing LA a favor, right. giving him a competent defenseman that could play in the NHL for a guy who may play for Indy this year. Yeah. Well, again, I don't know what Zidorov makes. Um, and I'm sure Lindholm is making like 700,000 or something like that. I mean, but I, I, the sense I got just in my, my quick blush look at it was that they were saving money. And if you look at that move and you look at the, the Mata move um, there and the Crawford move for that matter, especially if they stick with, with uh, Subban and, and whoever um, there, these are all money saving moves and it, it may go back to um, their desire to, and who knows, maybe they're saving some money to make a bigger move. I don't know. I doubt it. I think it's, I think they're just, they're looking at a really upside down revenue situation. And um, I think it's worse than is being publicized. I think that people are not aware of how soft ticket demand has become, um, but it's bad. And then the corporate sponsorship side of things too. Um, it's, it's not good. The, the, the glory days have been over for a while and, and the money's been heading for the doors for longer than just the last year. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, you mentioned cost savings. They're not saving that much. No, they Doroff's got a one-year contract. Sod had a one-year contract. You're retaining one million dollars of that Sod contract, so he's technically making five hundred thousand or five yeah. million dollars, and and you add that on to Zadorov's contract, and he's that's four point two million dollars. So you're saving what eight hundred thousand bucks? Yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, all this million. moving, all this talent to save eight hundred thousand dollars. Come on. But all, all the, I mean, all the same to, to JJ's point. I mean, it's like we all get those emails about season tickets and, yeah. and whatnot, you know, and, and I mean, right yeah. now it's, you know, it's, it is cost saving mode for, for the NHL and probably yeah. for the DMs. And I don't, yeah. you know, and I, I even wonder too, I mean, at, at the same time, like Sada's is going to go to Colorado and he might just light it up. I mean, look at, look at the personnel he's going to be around and look at the kind of, the kind of young team he's going to reinvent be around and that's that's how we've known him as his best and i don't know like how other gms value him in that regard i mean he's not the kind of player that's going to go out there and make other players better you know i mean there, there have been times where he's been on the ice where he's been virtually invisible um you know in 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 the dark days of you know the this pseudo rebuild mode that you know that we're kind of in and we're kind of not so I don't know. I mean, you know, you know, Stan might just felt like, you know, let's just unload now and just get out of this thing now. So we don't have to deal with it in, in case it gets even worse. 
Um, you know, and it, it'll be really interesting. I mean, to, you know, I, I was hoping the return would be better. I'll be the first one to admit that, you know, I, I wanted picks. I thought at least a first round pick. Yeah. Um, or a second, any pick or, or a second or, or anything yeah. or anything in, in the future. And, you know, but, but at the same time, I mean, you know, we're, we're looking at young defenders who need to play with young players and, you know, it, it will be make or break time for some of these prospects to, to figure out what they're going to do. And they're, they're going to need to be saddled with some, some semi, you know, season D in that sense. So I don't know. We'll see. Who knows? Who knows? It's great. Do you think his value, Brandon Saad's value has gone down? So, I mean, Artemi Pranarin was traded for Brandon Saad, what, two years ago? And before that, we got Ardo Anisimov for him. We got any legitimate NHL players. Well, I, you, you tell me what Brandon Saad's value is as a, I, 20, as a 20 goal, $6 million player. I mean, I, I don't, he, you, know, I for you tell Colorado, me. I think for Colorado, <laughs> though, he's going to be their Swiss Army knife. He's going to be a guy. Oh, absolutely. 100%. And he's going to do the dirty work. Like he can go win the puck in the corner. And he's oh, 100%. But if you're dealing with, if you're dealing with Stan Bowman and you're dealing with the Chicago Blackhawks, you know, you don't need to give up a ton. Right. right. You know, I, I don't, you, know, I, you, can, you can get away with murder. <laughs> You Actually, know how yeah, they are. I think, but I think Bowman panicked and he traded. He, sure. There had to be there's there had to be more value out. I there had to be some sort of value out there, and I don't think. Actually, I, I, I don't know that. if he just targeted like we want young defensemen that don't cost us as much money, and this is the first deal that was thrown in his lap or something. I, I don't, I don't know. John, uh, I know you. You, I, I can see you ready to say something. <laughs> No, no, I just want to say, and this is that the, I don't think a lot of Hawk fans are going to feel feel uh, feel good about. Um, I had the opportunity to spend a little time with with Saad a couple of years ago with my with my son, and he's really he's a great guy. And and um, you know, he I I feel like Hawk fans have not really appreciated him maybe as much as they should have. I mean, unfortunately, he, he, Andy makes a good point. He's not a He's not like a guy who's going to lead your scoring or or put the team on the back and carry them. But as a as as a quality complimentary player in a, on a good team, he's, he's, he fits the role. He does a lot of things. He go, he'll go and work along the wall. And I mean, people forget he was part of the best line in hockey in 2015, but now he had two, two hall of famers with him um, on that line. But um, you know, I think he's going into a really good situation in Colorado. I mean, because he's going in there as a guy with uh, two Stanley cup rings and a lot of a really good leadership quality. So he's going to be a really nice add to that dressing room and um, to that team. And again, I don't, I know that won't make Hawk fans feel better, but any of us who have a soft spot for Brandon side, you got to feel good for him. It's going into a great situation. Yeah. Um, again, that doesn't make the work out any better for the Hawks, certainly, but um, you know, that's another way of looking at this too. And I thought, and I thought, you know, Aaron asked what, what, what could Colorado see out of Brandon side? And I said, Easily, you put them with the right players in the, you know, even in the top nine, you could see 50 points out of them, 20 yeah. goals, 30 assists, yeah. 25 and 25. I mean, that's right in his range. Yeah. I don't think you're going to get 31 goal Brandon side. You could, but I don't, I wouldn't expect that. But I mean, 50 points for 50 points for $5 million, like a good guy that could play in a ton of situations, including your penalty kill power play, you know, move you up and down. He could play on all three top lines. If you, wherever you want him, like can do a lot of things. I, uh, you know, it's just, it makes sense for them for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. Cause Colorado's at the stage where they, they don't need 
guys to be overly productive and score a bunch. They need somebody who does things they don't have because they're at they're at that point where they like just stop in the puck. Right. They need somebody who can get them over over the hump. Like like at fill, they're filling a hole, like filling something they need. He doesn't need to be a star. He doesn't need to put up 30 goals. He doesn't need to score 60 points. He just needs to be Brandon Sod, and it instantly makes them better. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, as could, opposed could, to, could, could he have been that missing ingredient with them and the Dallas Stars? 100%. Yeah. 100%. If Brandon Sod is playing, I mean, yeah, I, you know, he, that's he's that guy for the that, playoffs. Right. That's the guy who goes, goes to the net, mucks it up in the corners. I mean, uh-huh. that's huge. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying I necessarily like the trade. And I'm really not liking, you know, the 1.8 million or whatever the cost savings is. I mean, that's, you know, I don't know if, if, if we're actually doing a, a rebuild or whatever, whatever you want, whatever want to brush, you want to paint this whole Chicago Blackhawks debacle with right now, huh. you know, I'm, I'm certain, I'm certainly not impressed with the cost savings out of this deal. And it's okay. one of those, if you're dumping salary, dump salary. Right. And take uh, it. That was, take, that's where I am from. Go ahead, Sean. I'm going to finish after you. Go ahead, Sean. You, take, you should take draft picks back then if you're dumping salary, right? You don't want anything at the NHL level. And when you need to dump salary, you dump those albatross salaries. You dump big salaries. Right. You make room. You don't right. just basically gain $800,000 for one season. I mean, these guys are both going to be free agents at the end of the year. What have you gained? You've gained $800,000 for this season only. That's what you've gained because Brandon Saad was going to be coming off the record. You could have, you know, re-signed him or whatever, maybe for $4 million or three and a half million dollars, possibly. He might take a little bit of a cut, uh, you know, based on his production and whatever, whatever the, the, the market is now. So you're, you're not really opening yourself up for anything in, in the future. You're getting rid of a guy you probably could have gotten rid of at the trade deadline anyway and gotten this little back for him at the trade deadline anyway, and it makes you a worse team on top of it. Yeah, yeah if you're moving salary, why aren't you moving Alex to Brinkett and his $6.4 million for the next three years? Oh, well, yeah, that, like, you, you can just imagine the uproar about that, you know, after yeah. the trade Brandon saw what's going on. I mean, no, I, they, I come, agree. they come at me with the knives. If I'm just know, saying, like, Brinkett hater. So I would I would look at trading to break it. I really would have. And I don't know if they can they'll trade him now, but I would have looked at it because he's he's if he's not scoring, he ain't worth uh, six point four million dollars or anything close to it. You I mean, know, I don't, and he, yeah. I'm sorry. Who's gonna who's gonna come back at, like what two way fours do they have anymore? I mean Craig Smith what? just signed what three million dollars for three years in Boston. And he's third that is a hard nosed hockey player mm-hmm. who yeah. can pump goals in that you put him with coil. You know, maybe maybe he's not the best mix for Krejci or any of those guys, but he is going to be with a cast right now where he's going to pump in a ton of goals. And I, I saw that contract and I look at Debrinket and I go, oh, my God, that guy is half the price of Alex Debrinket right now. Yeah, and he scored more goals. And, and, and everyone's saying, well, trade Debrinket, but who, who the hell would be a taker for Debrinket right now? I think because of his youth, I think you could get a decent yeah. home for him. And yeah, and it's not, you know, I I don't want this framed as like because I'm the Debrinket quote unquote Debrinket hater. Yeah. It's like he, <laughs> you know, because I was I was I was not totally disappointed in the contract at the time. He'd come off a 40 goal season, right. and like okay, you know what, he kind of earned it at that point. But when you 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 know the year you're about to go into this big deal that you signed a year too early, right, John? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. About this before classic Stan Bowman right there. Yeah, 
a year too early, then you go, you come around and he scores only 18 goals. He's got, and I look back on it, like in the last 23 months, including COVID and all that stuff, but the last 23 months, which is part of all of last season and in March of the season previous, he has 23 goals in 23 months. That's not a $6.5 million player. I'm sorry. It's just not Not Uh, to a guy who's playing probably on your third line at this point in time, even with the team, the way it's structured right now, like, you can't, no, you can't hang on to that. I think I mean, we can all agree that was a, a calculated error by Sam Bowen. I mean, I don't. I don't another know. one. Yes. Yeah. Another, the, the, another list, one. Like, list another keeps one, growing. Yeah. Like, just like Stan thinks he's going out there and, you know, I'm going to teach everyone. I'm going to go sign this guy right away. I'm going to lock him down at this low rate. Uh, I know. He always does that. Yeah. yeah. He at did it with Artem Anisimov. No yeah. He did it with Artem Anisimov before yep. he even saw him skate on the ice with the Blackhawks. <laughs> and then now he's, you know, right. with Alex Sabrinkit, he did it a whole year early and, and it bit him in the butt. Like, you know, I, I, I can't talk too much about that because like, we were like, Hey, lock him up, lock him up, lock him up, you know, because yeah. it looked like he was going to be on the tra- trajectory to maybe be a 40 goal scorer every year because he had increased every year, but now he's coming down. He looks like he's lost in the playoffs. He was invisible. Uh, like, Maybe he's showing what is true, and he's not going to be able to, the, that player that's going to carry that team and make the team better. He's a complimentary scorer, mm-hmm. maybe a th- middle middle six scorer, and that's what he is. That's what Alex Debrinkit is. He's a middle six scorer. He's a one trick pony, and he could score. When you can yeah. find a spot, he can score, and he's got a yeah. good shot. But then Kubalik comes in, a bigger version of him who could play that playoff hockey, and he showed it with that first game that he played you know, or that game that he played with against Edmonton where he was just all over the place. Uh, when Alex Brinkett was nowhere to be found, uh, this guy is more, he seems like he's more of a playoff performer. He's making half of what, what, uh, you know, Alex Brinkett's going to make. Right. And right. Kubali can be, you know, he could, you could put him on the point at the power play because he's got a cannon of a shot to Brinkett, You have to put him in the, you have to like set him down in the perfect spot in the slot wide open with the stick cocked and ready to go. And he will <laughs> score from there. But if you can't get him there yeah, and no one can set him up there, he's not doing it. Yeah. Neither one of them is going to really get their own shot very much, but I, I will say this. One of the things I love about Kubelik is he, the way he moves around and, and tries to get himself in position for the pass. He's just a lot more active and dynamic than, than to is. And you're right. You can put him on the point too. Um, to me, between the two of them, I mean, Kubelik is, is a much more valuable player. And, uh, you know, but I think Bowman loves to bring it and Bowman loves, you know, once, once he's committed to a guy, it's very, very hard to get him to go the other way. You know, it takes a long time. I mean, David, David Runblad was around for what, three years. I mean, no, so, yeah. my boy or David Runblad. Yeah. That was a but, uh, yeah, I hear you. We lost Andy. Maybe he'll jump back on. I hope so. Maybe he's yeah. not a David Runbland fan. <laughs> hey, I take offense to that. I know. I, I'm the only guy in Chicago that owns a David Runblad Blackhawks jersey. I can guarantee that, though. A legitimate David Runbland jersey. Let's be a honest. A legitimate here. one. Not yes. a Hong Kong classic. Not a Hong Kong classic. There's the end. He's back. I, I knew we, we lost you for a second. We knew you'd jump Sorry, back I, in. I have, I have young kids. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. My kids are standing right here, so. Well, I don't the, yeah. the, the Kubali contract I'm happy about. I, you know, I, I, and I think most people should be, and, and that that's probably what they should have done to, to bring it. I mean, you know, but to be able to do a two-year bridge deal where you, you know, have you know, the right structure in place and he's an RFA after a couple of years. I mean, that's huge. And I was really excited about that. I was totally fine with them walking away from Crow and, you yeah. know, the sod come, 
the sod trade comes and everyone just goes, Oh my God, do we really know what we're doing here? Uh, yeah. You know, I think we've been throw, asking that question for a while. Yeah. Let me throw this back <laughs> at you guys looking and I don't know if you have access to it. I might have to send you the link to it, but looking at what's out there on the market right now, they're going to have a little bit of cap space yep. and I, I don't know why, uh, you know, hand Stan would hang on to it, to be honest with you. Um, so maybe they're going to, maybe he's planning on going out in the market and picking up a, you know, a starting goalie that, uh, will play in front of Malcolm Subban, which that's a whole what I'm hoping. uh, I, I mean, cause honestly why they brought Malcolm Subban back, I don't understand. Cause yeah. Callan Delia is just, is fine. Is fine too. I mean, he, he could back up. Uh, he's not going to do any, uh, Malcolm Subban is not going to do any more than Callan Delia would have done back there. Period. You know, he just won't. No. So at but this point, I, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it, what do we think? Do we think the Blackhawks are going to go out there and try to sign a semi-significant player, maybe a starting goalie? Because they're not going to go out and sign like a wing or anything like that. They're not going to have the money for that. But do we think that they're going to go out there and try and grab another goalie? If we do, so my ideas. I think, I think they might try to grab another goalie. I don't think there's anything on the free agent market necessarily that isn't just a, a patch. Um, but I think that I could see them trading. Um, and you know, it's really interesting because another team that's been, been moving a lot of guys out and and kind of inexplicably is the Columbus blue jackets. And, um, they really, they are really, (laughs) pardon me. I said, drink JJ mentioned the blood, the blue jackets drink, Well, (laughs) uh, but they have, I mean, they've been moving a lot of guys and, and, uh, you know, they have two goalies that the rumor was heating up again today around, uh, Teams making some runs at Corpus Allo because, you know, I mean, there's um, there's two goalies there. There's Merzlikens and Corpus Allo, both of whom played well enough to be a number one last year. And um, it could well be that the Jackets, you know, are going to try to capitalize on uh, one or the other. Um, the Jackets also have some younger goalie prospects in the system, um, including a, another guy out of um, out of. Um, uh, Latvia, where Merzlikens is from. I forget his name, and don't ask me to pronounce it even if uh, I knew Vini it. That dude. Yeah. But so they signed him to a two-way deal, which generally means he's going to be in the minors, but you never know. Um, you know, they could pull him in as the backup to, to either Merzlikens or uh, – and I will also tell you that the owner of the Blue Jackets just got a new dog and named him Elvis. So a little bit of inside scoop there. But yeah, There um, you go. Um, so I just, I have a feeling, I, I just have a feeling that, that, and remember the Blackhawks allegedly tried to make a move on Matt Murray by a trade, a few, uh, less than a week ago. So if they did that with it, with a goalie like Murray, why I'm so would glad they, they didn't do that? Yeah, me too. Me too. But I'm just saying if that's the way they were looking to do a trade for a young guy with number one experience, regardless of how you feel about Murray, then I don't see why they wouldn't necessarily still be trying to uh, to pursue that. And then you got the Blue Jackets who are rumored to be listening to offers on one of their two plausible number ones. And Stan and, and Yarmo do a lot of business together. So you never know. I, I could definitely see that still happening. Because if, if they are trying to be competitive while rebuilding, as we suspect they are, then going in with Malcolm Subban as your number one goalie is not the way to do that. Is that the way to do the competitive part? Right. Yeah. And, well, right. I mean, that's the, way- the, that, that's the maddening thing. If you're doing a soft, quote unquote soft rebuild, where they you're are. moving this out soft. Some, right. This is not soft anymore. Right. 
But yeah, if you're doing that, you, you, why would you not bring in a goalie? Like you have to bring in a, I mean, the Blackhawks give up more shots than anybody else in the NHL. So you have to have somebody to stop the puck. If not, like Mal, like you guys said, Malcolm Suman's not going to do us any, anything. And I think the Blackhawks have been trying to, um, to identify or to fill the goalie position. I mean, there was the, the goalie, was it the Islanders goalie prospect? They were supposedly they had a deal done for and yep. that fell apart, fell apart. Sorokin. You're right. And so, so that they've been looking at this for a while. So why wouldn't you go get one of Columbus's goalies and then you just roll with him and Subban? Why, why not? Well, what I wrote when they let Crow go, and uh, I, I, I had two scenarios that I thought that seemed to make sense for me. One was Tomas Grice to come in. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be super expensive. He's going to keep it respectable. You could sign him to a two-year deal. He's gone in two years. If you have, a, you know, if you've started your goalie, uh, you know, depth or, uh, or development on a new goalie, maybe uh, the second-round pick, Camisol, Camisol. Yeah. This year, yeah. maybe you're, you know, you're getting in two years, maybe you're getting to that point where you might introduce them to, you know, the, uh, the pro ranks, maybe be it at AHL, but um, so maybe um, my other one was in, I thought this just made too much sense because the more I th- at first I was like, no, but then when I, when I, when I really sat down and I analyzed it and I looked at it, Mark Andre Fleury in yep. Vegas, Vegas is dying to get rid of him. They, the reports were before the draft that they were willing to give up a second round pick, half of Mark Andre's Fleury's salary they were going to retain. And they were going to basically take just about anything you gave them. Give them whoever, Matt Tompkins. Give them uh, oh my guy. <laughs> <laughs> give them Matt Tompkins. Give them someone. I mean, they do have guys that they could just give away. They have Brad Morrison, for Christ's sake. Give them a couple guys or a guy. Say, give them Matt Tompkins. Give them a seventh round draft pick. Take. Mark Andre Fleury for two years, take a second round, free second round draft pick. You know how much Stan Bowman loves his second round draft picks. He does. You get a free <laughs> second round draft pick next year, and you're getting Mark Andre Fleury to a reasonable, reasonable clip, and you get rid of a little bit of the, you know, the riffraff garbage, you know, in the system that's just not developing that you're not going to do much with. Um, and, and you're doing them a favor. They kind of owe you a favor, honestly, for the way that you know, Stan gave him Robin Leonard for that second round pick. Um, like it seems to make a lot of sense to me if that's, if they're willing to take something like that um, or even someone, even a little more significant, a David camp or whatever, you know, I don't care. Give him David camp in a seventh round draft pick. Do that. Get Marco Andre Florian here. You'll sell a couple of jerseys. It's not going to give you the Stanley cup. It's not going to get you into the playoffs, but it will stop the puck. The guy's a veteran. He's a nice presence to have around the younger goalies. Like it seems to make a lot of sense. Also Malcolm Subban played with Mark Andre Fleury for a couple of years. Like, you know, if you're going to have, if you have, if you have Subban as your backup and you're, this is what you're committing to for this year. And I don't like it, but if that's what you're committing to, then sure, get his buddy in here to play. I mean, I'm not expecting you to make anything change anything any better, but you do get a second round draft pick for free out of it. But I, I, so, I think that I, I'm hoping that they're they're biting their time on that. I totally agree. You know, Petrangelo is going down there tomorrow. Uh, you know, he was down there today. Yeah, he was there today. today. So that's today, there today. Not tomorrow, yeah. today. So. I mean, they are going to be dying for his services. They may, and after Tory Krug signed in St. Louis for that godforsaken deal that St. Louis will regret in about three years, which is hysterical <laughs> to me. Uh, but you know, at, at the same time, I you know, I, 
yeah, I mean, he's asking for eight, $9 million a year. And if that's the case and they're going to need to unload, he's not going to get that. Yeah. There's always, the end he's, not ahead, get that. he's not going to get that number one, but, but the other part of that is they're going to, they're, they might be in a position where they need to unload flour, where the return and, and the terms around it are going to be very, very favorable uh, yeah. for staying in Chicago. Now we'll stand, find a way to screw it up probably, but yeah. um, you know, we're, you know, I, I like that play. I like that. So, play. If, if they there was a rumor that 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 Vegas was actually going to sweeten the deal if the team trading for Flurry would um, or that Vegas would would swallow half the salary and then they then Vegas would throw in a second round pick that makes that all makes sense but here's the thing that doesn't make sense unless you believe that his tutelage can make Malcolm Subban a legitimate number one. All you're doing then, you may as well sign Craig Anderson or Corey Schneider or whoever, because all you're doing then is, is again, a veteran patch that is yep. meant to, you know, help the Hawks maybe have a whiff of the playoffs this year and start the meatball parade again. And, and I oppose it. I would rather go with Scott Foster and whoever they have in the AHL yep. um, and, and just go toward full, full on rebuilding. But if, but it, that's the problem I have with the flurry thing. And, and let's face it. Flurry didn't do much tutoring Malcolm Subban in Vegas. Why would he do any better in, in Chicago? I'm not saying that's what he's going to do. I'm just saying you're getting a free, free, free pick out of this. Getting rid that of I some agree. of your other garbage on your on your roster. You get a free second round pick rather than signing a guy that's an unrestricted free agent. Like, okay, you know what? At least it's working towards something in the future. I, I wouldn't do it for anything less than if a first is coming coming as part of that package. Do you think do you think that um as they get more desperate they're going to increase their sweetener? Like, they're gonna have to. It, yeah. yeah. Right. If they're gonna well, sign they the have to be have compliant for, for I mean, day the, one of the season. The the only way that I would hope that the Hawks would do it is if they reach that point where that right. sweetener is something you cannot walk away from. And, right. and that needs to be in the form of a first round pick. A first round pick. And I could take a second. Round pick. I could. I could take an early. I could take a second too. It doesn't even have to be early. I could be all right with a second. Maybe, but I, I, I a I second this year and a second next year or something. Two. With, with all these, with all these young D, I, I still firmly believe that it's. I, I want to see the trial by fire. I want to see who can play and who can't. You know, which, the, which the is that's fine. Just yeah. have a legitimate. If you're if you're going to do that, that's fine. But don't have Malcolm Subban stopping the puck. How is that going to destroy? What what, what exactly is wrong with that ultimately? Well, okay. So when you, like, if you make mistakes in the NHL, Corey Crawford covered up a lot of flaws last year. Right. So does Robin Leonard. Right. Right. So, but if you're going to have Malcolm Subban with your young defenseman, like it's going to be. Every time you make a mistake, the puck ends up in the back of the net. Exactly. That could be demoralizing to a young defenseman. Exactly. That's what Well, but it wasn't, it wasn't that demoralizing for Keith and Seabrook in 2005 and 2006 when Hobby Bullen was posting a 0.85 save percentage. Don't forget Craig Anderson too. No, Craig Anderson was doing that. I'm sorry. But but, but bottom line is they were dismal. And I, and I, I think we need to see who can play D and who's willing to play D and not being like, yeah, we got a guy back there who will bail me out every night. You know, if I I need to, and I think we're, we're stockpiling defensemen to the point where it's sink or swim, you know, yeah, yeah, they pick four to four freaking defensemen in the draft, which is ridiculous. (laughs) Well now, and now we got two more in the return for sod. Yeah. We got all these prospects coming up. So it's like, do you, do you really want a goalie who's going to stand on his head every single night just so you can be a fringe playoff team? I don't or, even want, or, I don't even want standing on his head. I just want respectable. 
yeah. you know, just respectable. I'm not expecting. Uh, oh, see, I'm, you know, I'm actually totally fine with a complete and utter embarrassment to shake. But, but I think to, to John's <laughs> point earlier, I think the budget, like in order to make money, you have to be competitive. We've seen that in this town. If you're not a good team, nobody's going to go seat watch you. Well, we, we don't even know if people are going to be able to go to games. Well, eventually well, they will. It's another like, thing you know, altogether. You know, yeah. So, I mean, I, it, it, if this but is event- the year to not, if you want to pick a year to not be competitive, I, I would forecast for this one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is okay. You got but it there. Not, you could make a ton of money on Mark Andre Fleury jerseys. Yeah, I mean, I'm you just don't saying. know if you're going to get any gates. So, it's, yeah, get this is the year to dump. I mean, when you think true, about? true. Yeah. I don't know. Guys, I got to drop off. <laughs> All right, Johnny. Thanks for, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, John. Peace out. Bye. Yep. <laughs> we we this, ran them off. This is awesome. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't know. I mean, we're just you know we're just talking trash here because we're uh, we need to vent a little bit. So anyway, and, and don't don't forget they still have to sign Dylan the Strome. Yeah. Oh, which, like, how much more of their salary cap is going to be taken up with that? Well, because they qualify them, they only have to pay them the same amount that they paid them last uh, last year. I mean, he, he, so might he, only get, he might only get a million dollars for a year. I mean, I don't, and I, I just don't. He well, the problem, I don't know if it carries over, but I know he had a lot of uh, bonuses and stuff. So he uh, made all, actually over the year, his, his base salary was really low, but uh, because of bonuses and stuff like that, I think he made close to $3 million. Wow. So um, yeah, he could make, he, I don't know if, I don't know if that has to carry over as well. I just, yeah. you know. The way it's worded, in a tough spot, he, he really doesn't fit. No, in general, doesn't. right now. I mean, you've got if your two centers are going to be Taves and Doc, Strom is not a third. Line no, he's just no, not. no, he's going to end up, he'd be probably better at the third line wing. Yeah, and if you want to jumpstart the rebuild, you trade him. Yeah, and I don't, I don't even know, I, I don't even know where he would fit in anywhere, honestly. I and I, 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 I mean, I know that's a, a dire thing to say, but it's he's not fast. No, he's not no. very quick, and he's not all that great in his own end. Yeah, um, and he's just he's just kind of okay. Yeah, he's you know, kind of okay. He'll score you a goal now and then. Yeah, yeah, and and that's fine if you're if you're treading water on a on a Phoenix team if that's where Phoenix is at at the time, or you're you know just kind of I don't know if he you was, were L.A. or or he something. was the third overall pick with Phoenix. I mean, yeah. I think they thought more of him at the time. Yeah, no, I just I mean, I don't, honestly, they probably thought he was a Kirby Doc at the, you know. Yeah, I, I think when, when, they, when they put him on that third line, and granted, his his flanks were Debrinket, and I, that well, that we can this could be a whole other conversation when Colleton threw out a third line against Vegas of Strom, Debrinket, and and Nylander. <laughs> uh, wow. wow first of all i mean there, there's your shutdown line but i mean it, it's very I, I just he he's not strong enough in his own zone he's not fast enough he's not good enough in the dot and you you have taves and you have doc as your first two centers i just don't i don't know what you do with the guy personally yeah uh-huh. i don't i don't either i it's this team is a bunch of misfit toys yeah oh yeah and not and... like the oakland a's of uh <laughs> 2001 or Moneyball era yeah. yeah, no, they're they're the the it's the land of misfit toys out there. It's just a bunch of bunch of random pieces, and you you gotta just like lay them out on the table and be like, what do I make of this? And that's can all these, this is gonna end up being. Can these two defensemen that the Blackhawks acquired play Jeremy Carlton's uh, system that we get to see for like eight days and then it switches? Or who knows? Uh, we don't know. 
We don't even we know. Don't know. We don't know yeah. what his system is. They don't play long yeah. enough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, still, you're got you got all veteran defensemen. You got no room for Ian Mitchell still. Now you got more people in the way. Yeah. Uh, where I mean, what do you do? It's you, you got Nick Nick Sealer in there. Why yeah. I don't know. They had to have him. They had to pick him up off of waivers. Yeah. Now they get him for. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they've got a whole bunch of nonsense in there. It's a whole bunch of garbage all cobbled together, and they're just like, just throw everyone in there. Just throw a bunch of shit on the wall and see what. See what actually sticks together, and yep. and that's how this is going to end up being. Like, it's rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. Yeah, yeah, and they have no, and they're gonna not gonna have any forwards. You, are they counting on Alex Brinkett coming back and scoring 35, 40 goals? Maybe, but can that can we be assured that that's going to happen? No, uh, I don't. You know, I I don't know. And with all these moves, I mean, is it? I don't know. And I'm I'm totally speculating when I say this, but it's. You dump you dump Crow and Sod in one week, and it's two you know guys like you know Keith and and Taves and Kane. Is it kind of like guys? If you want to waive your clauses, go right ahead because now's the time. I mean, I don't. If, if if you're one of those guys right now, you can't honestly look at the team and be like, we can still win here. No, right? I yeah. No, you can't. You can't. Do it. Anyone anyone with any kind of objective eyes on this can look at this and see that you know, this is team's not good. They've gotten considerably worse over the right. past week and a half. And, and, I, and they I don't, don't include, really have any prospects going forward. Right. right. And I don't include Seabrook in that, in that conversation because he's immovable, but. As a player and a contract. Right. I yeah. think he is probably <laughs> the most likely to move sooner rather than later. Yeah. yeah. And you, yeah, you, I, I mean, you'd have to, I think you'd have to eat uh salary on Taves. Oh, big time. to try and get rid of him. Yeah. You'd have to eat at least three, maybe $4 million of his deal for that, for a team. Cause it's going to be a team that's a contender. That's not going to be able to give up $10 million for, yep. for Jonathan Taze for three years. Right. They may be able to give up six and a half, right? Not, not 10 for sure. So yeah, Patrick Kane, you can get value for, but you better damn well get value for him. Cause right. if you, you know, if they go out there and like, I was joking about Rasmus versus line and like, and uh, you know, a draft pick or something like that. Well, what the hell are we even doing? Right. Like, you know, you got to use your assets and get as much as you possibly can. Don't right. just like fold up the tent and be like, Oh, all I can get is Zetteroff and uh, Lindholm for Brandon side. Who's one of the better players on your team. I mean, you don't wanna... In a regular, in a regular NHL season, uh, as far as like with 80 games plus Patrick Kane, as of today is still an a hundred point guy. Yeah. Yes. Even on a bad team. He is. Especially on a bad team. And when he's proven it on a bad team. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like, yeah. but it's it's one of those, if 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 he waived a clause, like you got to get the return on that. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I don't right, know. because it's going to be known as you traded Patrick Kane, a Hall of Fame player, and you right. didn't get value back. Right. Like you have to, uh, you have to get value. Like if you, I'll, I'll go to another sport. So baseball, like when the Boston Red Sox traded Mookie Best to the Dodgers. Oh, they got they got several guys that could play and they got a guy that could play now were that was it getting the best value for him? Probably not, but they right. got something that was going to be able to be useful for the future because they're rebuilding. That's what you got to get for Patrick Kane. You got to get one star prospect that you one or two star prospects that'll set you up for the future. And then other pieces that'll, that'll complement that. Yeah. Because if you don't, you just wasted your best, your franchise, the best player you've ever had. 
And if, I mean, I'm, I'm getting way ahead right now, but I mean, I would, I would love to like, if, like if a Tuga Rask doesn't return to Boston next year and just decides to retire or God knows what, and that 7 million is on the shelf, send Kane to Boston, you know, while they still got, you know, some tread on the tires and try to try to make a run for it. And what could you get in return? Yeah. Uh, I'm only now keep in mind, I'm saying that because I live out here and that's all I hear about is the Boston Bruins. <laughs> so, I mean, there's, there's a number of suitors for Patrick Kane, but, and I, it, it, yeah. if Patrick Kane was traded, I would cry for days. I would be mortally wounded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, we, and we, and we all would be, I mean, he's, he is my favorite player in the history of the Chicago Blackhawks. And that includes when I was six years old watching Dennis Savard. Um, but I, I just, unfortunately, I think we're just at that point right now where the air is over. It's over. It's gone. Yeah, the, the yeah, window is totally closed. closed. It's been closed for a couple of years, I think. And it's been closed for a while. And like when you make reference to Boston, like Boston had, they had a window, they retooled, and now they're back in another window. The Hawks never retooled. No. They just, they just, they stayed stagnant and then started going like 15, right. their defense wasn't as good like their puck position their defense it was a miracle they wanted 15 let's be honest with ourselves yeah. it was joe quinville's, quinville's best job that, yes. that was his hall of fame greatest season ever and rode, the playoffs, decent, rode 4d the whole time the playoffs yeah. the playoffs only three of them were decent yeah, yeah. 34 34 and 0 when leading after the after the second period he he yeah. totally out coached bruce group drew in game in that that uh western conference oh, finals especially game yeah. seven where he literally right. took Kane and Taves off the ice every time that or Kane Kane off the ice every time Kessler was on the ice. He just kept just kept those. It was amazing. Yeah. And then you looked at the numbers. Their their puck possession was middle of the road. And ever since then, it's slowly declined. And they the amount of shots they've given up has gone up. You can't win in the NHL like that. Like they literally they peaked and it was over. Well, they've gone two years where they've given up the most shots in the NHL. Yeah, like and, and they've given up what the most 50 plus shots consecutively. I think they gave up mm-hmm. two 50 shot games in a row. Mm-hmm. I think they gave up 61 game. It's yeah. You, you can't, it's not juniors hockey where you, you out, you win every game eight, seven. No, it's not no. when they were good. And if you defense, try to do that, it doesn't work. It just doesn't no. work. No. no. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess more, more to come, huh? Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's got to be there's got to be more moves on the horizon. There has to, yeah, there has to be. Yeah, they got to start. They got to start really. They've made a couple of moves now, and none of them have helped the future really. And uh, they got to start really looking and <laughs> getting some for the future. Because if they don't, uh, when San Bowman gets fired, uh, this organization is going to be really in trouble. When some other new GM has to come in and try to make sense of what's left. Uh, which isn't a whole lot of anything. So, because you've got, yeah, like you've got three years left of Kane and Taves. So, if you're going to get any and Keith, right? Every year you don't trade them, their value goes down. Every yeah. year. Yeah. Because if you trade Patrick Kane in the last year of his deal, you're not going to get nearly the return you would this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, and unfortunately, it's up to them. It's up to the right. Point. Right, because Stan and gave he, out. He could come right in and be like, "I'm not. I love Chicago. Like, I love living here. I love my lifestyle. Good luck. I'm not going anywhere." Right. Yeah. <laughs> you gave me this contract. I'm going to play it he, out. He legally has every right to say that. 
Yep. Just like Brent Seabrook. Right. And there's, and there's literally, if you look at their, there's no other money like on the books aside from Alex DeBrinket, there's no significant money on the books. No. Cause Calvin Dahan, nobody's going to take, are you trading Connor Murphy? I mean, what does that really get you? Nothing. Zero. Like, it's like, it's Zero. like getting rid of Ali Mata. Right. Yeah. No. So, and now that, you know, like teams that, you know, like Toronto have gone out at the free agent market and pick guys up. That's less destinations that are desperate to get defensemen in there that are competent. Um, right. You know, yeah. it's not going to get any easier. No, that's for sure. No. So, all right. Well, I think we're going to wrap this up. Yeah. I got a bolt. Um, awesome to see you guys and so much fun. Working Thanks for joining us, man. Well, I'm yeah. sure Absolutely. it looks like we're going to be doing this again, probably pretty yeah. soon. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll be uh, ripping it, ripping our hair out or, yeah. Yelling about what happened. Probably a yeah. lot of that, both of it. Yeah, yeah sure. Thanks for uh, joining us, Andy. Yeah, have a great holiday weekend. Take yeah, care. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wrap this thing up so you can jump off if you want. Thank you. See you, Andy. All right. All right so uh, thanks, everyone, for you know coming on and watching. I know I see a couple of people out there who came out and watched. Uh, I'm going to release, release this as a podcast as well. Uh, you can find all of our comprehensive content on www.thudashrink.com. Uh, you can see the piece that I wrote about the trade. You can see stuff that happened with the draft, all that other stuff. Follow all the rink accounts uh, at the rink official, at the rink shy, uh, at the rink cast, and, uh, and then all of our other divisions. Um, Aaron's going to be putting out a podcast where I'm going to kind of talk about this trade. So look for the Colorado rink cast. Uh, this is the Chicago rink cast, by the way. There's two. Um, but uh, yeah, I got uh, go over to puckhockey.com. Get yourself, you know, you right here, right there. Puckhockey.com. I've got the sweatshirt in the hand. It's awesome. Yeah, uh, go over there. Andy was just telling me beforehand. He went over there and he got himself a baseball shirt. I got one of those too. It's got the little rink rat logo that's over here, right there. Get the little rink rat logo on there as well. Um, go over there. Use the discount code the rink. Even if you don't buy. Uh, something from uh, the rink collection. Uh, they've got all the cool stuff, Slayer, Anthrax, all that other junk. Uh, a lot of good thrash bands over there. Ministry, Chicago fans, Ministry. I mean, what more Blackhawks? What what melds metal and Blackhawks together better than Ministry? Um, so that that's going on. Uh, head over, rate and review us on the iTunes. Uh, subscribe to us on, on the YouTube channel. All that good stuff. Uh, you got anything, anything else you want to say, Sean? Um look for there's going to be some indie fuel stuff coming out um there's been a lot of moves this off season and we're going to have um some more uh indie fuel stuff coming up because the echl is full steam ahead in december awesome cool yeah. all right well thanks for that um at jacob at andy campbell 16 uh those are the two other guys that joined us aaron goldschmidt joined but he was just typing in the background typing us nasty messages um but he's the one who runs the rink colorado and he's debating the goalie also on Twitter. So I think that's all of it. Uh, so with all of that being said, thanks for taking time out of your business schedule to download, watch, listen, and support us. Until next episode, see you on the rink.